How y'all doing tonight, Tampa Bay Bucks fans? Welcome to the All Things Bucks podcast. Thank you guys for joining us once again. Here to talk some Bucks football, to enjoy the time that we have tonight together. And uh, just wanted to let you guys know that if you guys are looking to purchase tickets in the future, go ahead and visit splitticks.com. You'll get a discount with the code All Things Buccaneers. That is S P L I T T. IKS.com. You'll get a discount with the code All Things Buccaneers. Make sure to check them out. Thank you once again to Kellen for having us on, for letting us run this podcast, for being able to talk or for allowing us to be able to talk to you guys about our Bucks. And also want to go ahead and give a shout out to Josh Robinson, who was featured on our page. He did a QA, took time out of his offseason to do a Q&A with us. We thank him for doing that for us. Check it out if you guys haven't seen it yet. It's on the All Things Bucks page. Make sure you guys check it out and read what he had to say. So with that being said, let's get into some of the meat of the podcast, start talking about some important moves that have been made, some things that have come up this week. We'll go into the individual topic segment. And Corey, I know you had a couple things to say, so go for it, man. What's up to all the Bucks fans out there? All right, so my topic this week, I'm going to get into two things. I'm going to get into the topic of jerseys and the topic of draft caps. So with jerseys, it came out the other day that Thursday Night Football was dropping color rush jerseys. Not completely, but color rush jerseys will no longer be exclusively Thursday Night jerseys, according to Mike Garofalo of NFL Network. So with, with the color rush jerseys, I have an opinion on them. I personally believe that the Buccaneers color rush jerseys were were nice. I like the red on red. But if the Bucks were going to make a change to a jersey, I would like to see a throwback jersey. I would like to see creamsicle jerseys for us because Ooh. I feel like that would be that would be something that's very nice for the team. A lot of the fans have talked about it. They like seeing it. Uh Samar Ali has made some uh mocks of uniforms. And that's one of them. And I would I would agree with the fans that I would like to see creamsicle jerseys come back for a game or two. If the but it has to go through the owners first. And going from jerseys to NFL draft caps, new era this week dropped <laughs> all of the NFL draft caps for teams for the 2018 NFL draft. And personally. I've seen a lot of Bucks fans say that they do not like the Buccaneers NFL draft cap. But my opinion on the draft cap is I think that it, it's something that fits. It doesn't have seize the day, doesn't have anything like that. It has fire the cannons, which is what happens when we get in the red zone. We fire the cannons. So I believe that fire the cannons works for us. And that's that's my topic. I got you, man. I got you. Those, those, uh, look, I mean, for me, the color rushes were sick. I like seeing them. I mean, I know some people were talking about ketchup bottles, like we look like ketchup bottles. I don't think that's true, man. I think they were really nice looking. Um, and I, you know, I don't mind the draft caps as much as everybody else does. I know a lot of people have been saying that they don't look as good, but I mean, all you have to do is take a look around the league. I mean, right, Corey, haven't you seen the other draft caps? CJ, yeah. I should say, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, we gotta keep confused here. We gotta make sure it's I know, CJ I know. My here. bad, my Mark. bad. CJ, CJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's up, Bucks fans? It's Corey J. Um, also CJ for podcast purposes. 
And I, I like the color rush jerseys. I think they were they look pretty good for the Bucks uniforms. Not all the jerseys for all the teams look that great, but we I purchased two color rush jerseys and I actually like them. So I would see, like to see them use them um, throughout the season, maybe once or twice. For the caps, I'm actually a fan of the cap. I mean, I'm not a big hat wearing guy, but I didn't think our cap came out as bad as some other caps came out for this uh, right. new draft cap that it came out with. So I'm not bad at either one. I would like the uh, organization to try to get the NFL to allow them to wear the cream sickles again. Everyone is a big fan of the cream sickles. So I feel like we should wear them. It can't get no worse than the the jail looking bumblebee outfits that the Steelers wear once a year because <laughs> those are just horrific. I don't know why they wear those anymore. Um, but I, I think they should. I think they should allow it. And I think they should um, definitely pitch that to the league. And then just jumping into uh, my topic for today, we had preseason schedule that came out um, this past week. And uh, to preseason, I mean, it's exp- exhibition games. But the preseason for the Bucks, if you're a season ticket holder or you're in the area, the best game is the third preseason game that we all know. And that will be home in Tampa. So hopefully this year, uh, we don't get rained out. Last year we had the game um, and it rained and you really didn't get to see too much of the starters because they don't want to get players injured going into the regular season. But um, I think this year, if um, weather pending uh, with the schedule that uh, we're playing Detroit, it should be a really good game and a good test for our Buccaneers right before the season. And just to cap off the rest of the games, we start out going to Miami, our our yearly test against the Miami Dolphins. They have us play them every year for whatever reason. I believe Buccaneers.com is saying this for five years straight that we've played the Miami Dolphins. So we can go beat up on some Dolphins, make some mahi-mahi. <laughs> um, the week two game is going to the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think they have a, a good look for us. I believe they're still going to be running like a 3-4 type hybrid defense. So it'll be a good look for our offensive line as they look to gel with Ryan Jensen at center. And also um, moving Ali Marpet to left guard and not right guard where he started out. So there'll be a development phase where they'll need to come together as a line. And then we end the, uh, the preseason in Jacksonville. The same team that we called sorry, the same team that we said suck, the same team we said they were going 2-20 and 20 or 3-12 and 12 or they had a better season than us. <laughs> so I right. think we need to go into that fourth preseason game calling anybody sorry because we were pretty pitiful last year. But I think we should go in to tighten up um, some last-minute screws, make sure our rookies and bubble players who are looking to make the team have their best game. Hopefully, you know, that's part of the business. People got to get cut. But um, hopefully the best is for those players. And uh, we wrap out the preseason with – minimum number of injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to watch that preseason schedule. Uh, you know, like you said, it is exp- exhibition games, um, but it's still football. And I know we all look forward to that time where football is back on TV. Um, now, Corey, did you have something to add to that? Yeah, I did. So looking forward to the preseason, as CJ said, it's exhibition games. But the two games on the preseason schedule that I'm looking forward to are the Titans and the Lions. I'm looking forward to the Titans because Dirk Cutter every year likes to do joint practices with the teams during preseason. So with that, 
we get to see Marcus Mariota versus Jameis Winston again, just to see what the what's going on with them, how they've progressed in the in the three seasons, and also we get to see. I'm going to take a quote from Lovey if we're quote unquote Tennessee ready, <laughs> and <laughs> Tennessee then uh, addressing the Lions game. Like CJ said, it's the third game in the preseason. That's when the starters get the most play. They play three around three quarters. Some of them will play into the fourth quarter just to see. That's pretty much our uh, running game before the season because the fourth game is always the one where we get to see who's going to make the roster and who's not going to make the roster. So with that, I think the Bucks fans will get to see how the team's going to do in the third game especially since it's at home. It's it's good to have the third game at home so the home fans get to see exactly what to expect for the season. And uh, so, Mark, what what are you going to be talking about this week? Yeah, that that uh, I'll go into that. But Tennessee ready, man, that kills me because uh, it turns out we weren't Tennessee ready. If you guys remember that game, that was not a fun game. But yeah, yeah. So getting into my topic, um, I wanted to talk about, you know, I know the the one of the bigger headlines that made the news a lot that actually made the news today with the Kaepernick and, and some other things. But one of the things that I was talking about or I was thinking about related to the Bucks um, was Jarvis Landry contract. Jarvis's Landry's Jarvis Landry's contract, excuse me. Um, so he gets $47 million guaranteed, okay? And when we look at contracts, right, there's lots of numbers that go into them. But the guaranteed money is obviously the important money that you need to look at. And I just wanted to remind Bucks fans in general to look at Jarvis Landry's uh, guaranteed number as opposed to Mike Evans' guaranteed number, okay? So Jarvis is getting $47 million guaranteed, Okay. Previous to Jarvis, the highest guaranteed wide receiver was Mike. When we signed his contract, he got $38.3 million guaranteed. Okay, so the Browns are basically paying Jarvis almost $10 million more in guaranteed money. Now, let me read you their stats, okay? So Landry's career average is 10 yards a catch. When you look at Mike Evans' career stats, you're looking at 14.8, basically 15 yards a catch, Okay. Besides that, Landry has 22 touchdowns in his career. Mike has 32. So I just wanted to point that out to Bucks fans just to tell you guys, man, these guys are taking, I would say these guys are taking a, a hometown discount, to be honest with you. Uh, Mike's deal was very Bucks friendly. Um, it opens the door for the contracts that are going to be coming with Ali and Quan and those guys that are going to be coming in the next couple of years, Donovan as well. Um, and so it's exciting to see that people are excited to play in Tampa, right? Um, Mike is excited to stay with Jameis. He wants to grow with Jameis. That's what he's concerned about, as opposed to somebody like Jarvis Landry, who you could argue is better in the slot than he is out wide. And you could also argue, which I've seen this one on Twitter a lot as well, is that most of his yards, is are they're coming off of screens. It's short passes. He's not going to stretch the field for you like someone like Mike Evans does. There's no question that Mike stretches the field, opens it up for the offense. So it's exciting exciting to see um, that guys are willing and wanting to play in Tampa um, to be a part of the Bucks and what we're growing here in Tampa. So I'm excited to see that. Um, and and uh, so just something to, to keep in mind as we go forward, just that the contracts are looking more and more friendly. We can talk about Braid's contract as well. Um, that was friendly for the Bucks compared to Trey Burton's contract, who was a similar type of player. So that being said, I kind of wanted to get into the group discussion, some of the things that we're going to be talking about as a group. Um, and so I know, Corey, you have some things to say, so go for it. All right. So the group topic, what we're going to be talking about, I guess, is if the season starts today, 
what do we think the Bucks are going to be looking like? Well, I have to say that I think that with our free agent signings and our re-signings of our own players, we'll be pretty solid, but I don't want to get my expectations up because of last season, what we saw last season with hard knocks and everything. My biggest problem with our roster going in right now is the running back position. We Peyton Barber is serviceable, and Jacquez Rogers is serviceable, but they're not. What other team is going to use them as starting running backs? We need to address the running back situation somehow. So that's that. That would be my only problem with this roster right now. I'm just looking forward to seeing how this team would do against the the opponents and everything we have. So that's that's what I think. If the season started today, I think we'd be okay minus the running back position. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot of holes to fill on the team and of course we're talking about pre-draft. We're talking about what the book what the Bucks look like now with their roster now. So if they had to go play a football game tomorrow, what's their biggest need? What's their biggest need? CJ, go for it. Yeah, if the the Bucks had to step onto the field at this time, um I don't have as high hopes. I do like the moves we've made so far. Uh, with the D-line, I do like that we added Jensen to the center um, position, but I don't think it will get us over the hump uh, just with the points that Corey touched on that we don't have a running back. Uh, I, Peyton Barber, I think he's a really great guy. I haven't seen that difference maker um, type of running from him. So I think we have to get a running back to solidify our offense so that it could um, help our red zone woes because our red zone efficiency was terrible last year and we were last in nfc south in points scored and we gave up the most points on defense as well so with that we have to get better uh, in the draft addressing positions that can help get those numbers up as in points and down as in points scored on us so i would think if the seasons was to start tomorrow i would say we're a middle of the road team eight and eight give or take a game or two I don't, and I actually don't think we'll make the playoffs. Yeah, right now, I don't think that we're prepared to do that. I don't think we're prepared to make the playoffs, like you guys said. Uh, but to me, one of the bigger needs that I see uh, is, uh, of course, running back is a huge need. And I know a lot of people are talking about the running position, running back position being a huge need. But safety is also a huge need. I mean, we have Conti and we have Tandy on the other side. And of course, they're going to use the rotation. Um, but in looking at some of the film of the safeties, this safety class is pretty deep. Justin Reed is a guy that I was actually just doing film on today um, from Stanford, and he looks exciting. Um, that would be something that I feel like um, our defense is not very far from being uh, a well-rounded unit. Um, so, I mean, we have that improvement on the on the pass rush with the guys that we brought in. Of course, corner is still in need, but what I'm trying to say is as a unit, as a whole, a safety, I think, would really start to push us over the top to being one of the better defenses. The improved pass rush will, of course, help the cornerbacks and the safeties and the secondary in general. Having an improved uh, pass rush would be a huge deal, but I think safety would be one of the biggest positions of need and I'm going to agree with you, CJ. I think I think eight and eight, uh, nine and seven. Uh, but with the NFC South, man, it's a tough division. It's a tough division, and and nine and seven. Very I don't tough. think it's yeah. I don't think nine and seven gets it done, man. I really don't. So um, we will see how that goes. But uh, Kellen, what do you got for us? What do you think? You know, um, I'm really thinking about it, and I think we're not that bad of a team. I really believe in a pass rush makes a secondary. 
and that we did address the pass rush in the off season that we would be really good. You know, so I know that we have glaring needs right now and we need a running back and we have need a safety and cornerback then O line. What I really think about it is that the Bucks really do like Beninock and they do have Sweezy and they got Jensen and they're moving Allie back to guard. So I really think that they would be comfortable on their offensive line if they didn't address it in the first round, like Jensen. I mean, like Nelson. So I really think running back and safety is really need that is a need that we really need to address. Um, we have Peyton Barber right now, and Dirk Ketter did say that he is running back number one right now on the depth chart because that's what they have on their board because they have no one else. But uh, yeah, no safety is the main thing that I really think that we need to address. But all in all, if we did start a game on Sunday, I would say that we wouldn't do that bad. I think that would, as Corey said, an 8-8. Eight and eight, I think we'd be a 9-7, nine, 8-8 nine, eight eight team. Like, could make playoffs because I do look back on their 2016 year. So I do think there's a really good potential in the talent that we have now, and it's not as talented of roster in 2016 as it is now. So, yeah, back to you, Mark. Yeah, there are some glaring needs for sure. There are some needs that be that need to be there are some needs that need to be handled, if that's the right way to phrase that. You guys know what I'm trying to say, but the draft is in 2 weeks. We don't have to we don't have to uh wonder what's going to or we do have to wonder rather. We don't have to wait uh, and see, we'll be able to see when the draft comes, what needs they fill. But yeah, as for as for today, I think they would struggle on the field. There are some glaring positional needs, um, but those will be adra- addressed come draft time, and that'll help us out for sure. Um, so there were some questions submitted over the past week. We want to thank you guys for submitting those. We thank you guys for interacting. Again, at going back to the first episode, that's what we're here for. We want to be able to talk to you guys uh, directly answer questions, all of that. So looking forward to answering those questions. And the first question that we have uh, is from Jimbo Jameis on Twitter. I'll give you his at after we read the question. Um, But basically what he said is if you had to pick today, who would you take? Would you take Ward or would you take Josh Jackson? Both corners, which one would you take? So go ahead, Corey, who would you take? Uh, With this question, thank you, Jimbo Jameis, for the question, by the way. Uh, Josh Jackson or Denzel Ward, based off of stats from the 2017 season, I'm going Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson had 47 tackles and seven interceptions last year compared to Denzel Ward's 37 tackles and two interceptions. Denzel Ward may be the faster player, but Josh Jackson brings that tenacity and the the better skill level, I believe. You got anything to say about that, CJ? Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite of your choice there. I'm going to go with Denzel Ward um, because of his career at Ohio State. He played behind Marshawn Lattimore and Conley there. And that in itself for him to force his way onto the field and then have a breakout year this past season, I think he's the better corner out of the two. I know Josh Jackson had a lot of interceptions. And I believe like three or four of those came in the one game against Ohio State. So you got to look into those numbers as well. But I think Denzel Ward, he's, he's a better um, all-around corner to fit our system as well because he's, he's a little smaller. I know we would like to go bigger corners, but I think he would he would fit that mold right into our defense and um, look to 
shut down the NFC South receivers. Mark, what you got? Yeah, you know, I think Denzel Ward, too. I'm going to have to go against Corey and go with CJ here. I think Denzel Ward's the guy that I would go with per- personally. I mean, the athletic ability on that kid is is pretty crazy. He's super athletic. Um, and I mean, if you if you really wanted to, you can actually make the comparison to Brent Grimes a little bit, maybe a little bit um, a little bit stronger uh, than Brent. But it, it looks similar. He's very athletic. He's got great footwork. Um, he's stride for stride with a lot of with a lot of the receivers that he was covering when I watched. Um, and so I like to see that in a corner. I, I would I would go with Denzel Ward. Kellen, who would you go with? Um, I did write a piece about him the other day and I really like the raw talent this guy has, you know, cornerbacks usually take a like a while for them to blossom in this league. Right. But some hit right off the bat. So Josh Jackson was all over the field last year against all types of quarterbacks against Wyoming, like Josh Allen, the top NFL prospect right now could be first overall. He hauled in an interception in a pass breakup and limited receivers to just seven yards after the catch on 10 targets against him. Against Ohio State in the same division, the same conference, I mean, as Denzel Ward, he made three interceptions in that game and stole the nation spotlight against JT Barrett. Like, when you really look at him, his stats are perfect this year, especially, like, he was targeting... Targeted mostly over hitch routes by the receiver, but he is super athletic on long developmental routes. Like that means like deep routes, post routes, all that whatnot. So that was his best strength from what we've seen. He is quick, athletic, and dominant at left corner too. He's six foot one, and we need that size. And he could be a terrific strength to our team, especially next to Brent Grimes. He dominated on out routes on opposing receivers by only allowing six completions on 15 targeted passes and recording five of eight interceptions. That's ridiculous. So when you really overlook at the Buccaneers, how, how they were eighth worst in the NFL last year on deep receiving yards allowed, adding a dynamic cornerback like Josh and his strength match up for our weaknesses, I like that. I do a lot. Back to you. Yeah, he looks like he'll be he looks like he'll be a baller. I still do stick with Ward, um, but he does look like he'll be a baller. And there's a lot of a lot of prospects like that. Like you said, there are a lot of prospects that come out um, and just blow the league up from day one. Um, so he could be one of those. I still put my money on Denzel Ward. But thanks again, Jimbo Jameis, for that question. It's at J-I-M-B-O Jameis, like Jameis Winston on Twitter. Thanks for asking us that question. Uh, the next question that we're going to go ahead and answer is going to be from Wildcat91 on Twitter. Uh, I'll give you his ad again at the end of the question. But basically, uh, he asked, what are your guys' thoughts on Winston and Deshaun Jackson being able to connect and Deshaun Jackson being able to do what we brought him in for? With the draft coming and getting the players that can make a difference on offense, how dynamic can this offense be? Go ahead, CJ. Yeah, with the work that they're putting in, practice makes perfect. And we're seeing that Jameis and Deshaun have been linking up this entire offseason. They were at Texas A&M working out together. And you can see on social media this past week that they're in Tallahassee working out together. Along with Mike Evans, I saw a post today where uh, Mike Evans was showing the locker room saying his Texas A&M team would have beat Jameis' um, Florida State team. So that would have been an interesting matchup if it actually occurred. Uh, but, yeah, I think that connection will be there. Um, they were hitting in training camp, all training camp as well. It's just when the regular season came, for whatever reason, it wasn't clicking 
as it was in the offseason. So I would look for them with the amount of work they're putting in and just that repetition. It will give them the opportunity to hit on a lot of those deep shots. And also another stat that I saw on ESPN NFL Live, Jameis and Deshaun were one for 15, I believe, on catches of 30 yards or more, which is awful. Is god awful, yeah, and there's terrible. nowhere to go but up from those statistics. So since <laughs> we're gonna have um, Deshaun on the team this upcoming season, uh, hopefully I'd like to see him actually finish out the whole three-year contract. But politics happen, and we'll see what happens at the end of the season, depending on how well we do. Uh, but I believe that they will they will hit on at least thirty percent of those shots this year, thirty to forty percent. I believe they could. It. And if we get that running game, believe it could be 50% because now you're going to see Deshaun streaking down the field wide open because safeties will um, be creeping up. Corey, what you got on the topic? Yeah, on the topic of Deshaun Jackson and Jameis Winston, like you said, CJ, they've been working out together this offseason. I believe that the thing that we have to work with Deshaun Jackson on is the slant. Because if you get him in the open field, then he his speed is going to take off. And we've seen that throughout his career. So not much the deep ball, but the slant. Use the slant to your advantage. And if we get the running game, then the slant is going to take off. And I believe that that connection with Deshaun Jackson and Jameis is going to go off this offseason. How about you, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I can't help but think that's going to be a big, big reason that our offense is dynamic is because they get Jackson more involved. And when when you talk about it, um, the way that Cutter addressed it, he talked about how they needed to get a dynamic playmaker more like Deshaun involved. And that's exactly exactly what you were saying, Corey. That's exactly the type of route that you want to get him involved in somewhere that you're using his speed. I can't remember the exact game, but there was a game where they dropped him a slant. It was towards the end of the season. They dropped him a slant. He picked up an extra 20 or 30 on that play alone. When he gets pressed in man coverage like that on a, on a slant, um, and he's going to beat the corner, and he's going to pick up Yak. I mean, it, it's really easy to see. He's quick, he's fast, and he's definitely not um, slowing down. I mean, I was reading about that uh, his statistics. I mean, he hasn't shown any sign of slowing besides this last year, but again, I don't think that was his fault necessarily. I think that was a big portion, the offense not being uh, allowed to go to him, or not necessarily allowed, but just the ball not finding him uh, like it should have. Um, and so, yeah, that's a huge, huge deal. Um, if they get him involved, this offense can be dynamic. Thanks, Wildcat, for submitting that question. His ad on Twitter is a little bit long, but here it goes. It's M-A-R-L-O-N-W-295-90882. So thanks for submitting that question, man. We appreciate you guys submitting those questions. It's fun to be able to get a chance to talk with you guys directly, answer your guys' questions in the best way we know how. Another question submitted by Bob Bucks. It was a pretty simple question, straightforward. He said, who starts at safety this year if we don't get a safety in the draft? Who's going to be starting? Corey, what do you got for us? Well, if we don't take a safety in the draft, I believe that the starters at safety will be Chris Conti and Justin Evans. I personally do not have a problem with Chris Conti. The only issue I have with Chris Conti is him biting on play action. If he works on not biting on play action so much, then I think he's not a liability to our defense. So that's the only issue I really have with Chris Conti is the play action pass. What do you got, CJ? Yeah, I also believe Chris Conti will start um, opposite of Justin Evans. 
with the Bucks defense, they rotate safeties anyway. So I don't know if the starting position is really like, oh, I'm, I'm the starter. It's more like who's going to make an impact when they're on the field. So I believe that Chris Conti will get his share of the snaps along with the Tandy man. He'll also get his share. And what I believe will happen this season is what happened towards the end of the season two years ago when we actually had a pass rush and a decent pass rush that allowed the safety to make plays. And that's why I don't think it's actually as big of a need for us uh, at the safety position because if we can get just middle-of-the-pack type of pass rush from our defensive line and our defensive tackles, our safeties can be there to to make the plays uh, when there needs to be made. Mark, what do you think about this? Yeah, I agree. I think the pass rush will be a big deal. And like you said, I do think that they'll rotate. I'm hoping that Tandy gets a little more playing time, man. We brought in TJ Ward last year, really looking forward to big things from him, from his uh, days in uh, with the Broncos. We were expecting him to make a difference. But like we talked about last week on the episode, he really didn't. He struggled. Um, and so I, I really hope that Tandy gets a little bit more playing time than Conti. I'm not a huge Conti hater. Like, like Corey said, I think he has uh, issues in his game. He does bite, bite on play action uh, from time to time. But one of the, um, but one of the interesting things that I, I find with the organization, they seem to love him, uh, right? I mean, he's always getting playing time. He is definitely athletic. Um, and then, you know, if you guys want to hold on to something positive about him, if you really have a hard time finding something positive about Conti, remember the pick against Kansas City that, uh, that got that win streak uh, kind of rolling and continued on that season. And, and so he's made some plays for us. He's made some plays for us. Uh, he had a pick six uh, a couple years ago against the Bears as well. Um, so it, it's it's perfect. It's 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 uh, it's. I shouldn't say it's perfect. I should say I would like to draft a safety, but as is, like you guys said, I think it will improve with the pass rush. So thanks for submitting that question at Bob underscore Bucks. And the last question we have from Icewater Olsen, JT Olsen, he asks a pretty simple question as well. We have four positions of need, according to JT Olsen, guard, running back, cornerback, and safety. What position can we live with as is and neglect early on in the draft, what position can we uh, not pick from those four? Where can we go um, with with the draft? If if the draft doesn't fall our way, we don't get one of those guys. Uh, how would we uh, proceed? So, CJ, what do you think? Out of those four positions, uh, with the first three picks that we have early on in the draft, I would neglect the safety position. Honestly, uh, I, I feel like. The first couple picks should go towards that running back. I actually think that's the top need for us. And then cornerback, because I don't believe Brent Grimes will be with us after the season. He looked like he was going to retire this upcoming year, but luckily we were able to get him back to come back on, on board with us this season. So a cornerback is a need because who's who's starting at cornerback after post Brent Grimes? Like who, who's the our lockdown corner? Ryan Not, Smith. No, I, not Ryan Smith. And I, 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 I want to believe it. I, I want to believe it's Ryan Smith. I, I really do. I hope he can have a breakout year, but I'm not gonna put my my betting money on Ryan Smith being that guy. Uh, I have to see it to believe it. Um, so I, I would go with um, the safety position just because we can rotate. We have two veterans um, in that back end of the secondary who can come in and who can make plays if um, the opportunity is there for a play to be made. Um, Corey, who do you got? that we're leaving out um, in these four positions? The position of need that I, 
I think is the one that we can go without drafting is offensive guard. The reason I say this is because of the Ryan Jensen signing. We signed Ryan Jensen to be our center, which means Ali Marpet moves back to guard. We already have a lot of depth on the offensive line, so the Jensen piece was just the one that solidified our offensive line. So that's the one position that I think we can go without drafting if need be because, like you said, the other three uh, we do we do need. Like you said, we needed a cornerback because we're unsure if Brent Grimes is going to be here after this season. Um, running back is definitely need, like we talked about earlier in the podcast. Uh, safety, you said we really don't need to because we just talked about it. But I think that even with safety uh, – O-guard, offensive guard is the position that we need to address. What about you, Mark? I think guard is, as I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you, Corey, I think guard is one that we can neglect. There are some uh, other needs. Um, I, I disagree with CJ. I think safety is a, a pretty big need, as I talked about. We do, Like you said, we do have veterans in play who can rotate uh, at the safety position, and I think we talked about that earlier as well. But I think guard's one that we can neglect. And going back quickly to uh, Ryan Smith, I just wanted to kind of point out, and a lot of Bucks fans have talked about uh, some of the struggles he had, especially against Julio. But, I, you know, I don't fault him for that as much. If you watch some of the Smith tape, he actually has a really good break on the ball. Sometimes you see him on a, on a if I remember right, it was a comeback route specifically that I'm that I'm picturing where he, he got a little bit beat and he slipped and he was still able to make the recovery and get the pass breakup. I think Ryan Smith has some potential. Um, and I think the the move from cornerback originally where he was to safety for a little while and then back was was a little bit hurt him a little bit. But I think he has some potential to to, to help us out. Uh, I'm not saying that he needs to be a starter and, 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 and you know, start tomorrow. And that, but I mean, in, in the sense of uh, I think he has some potential for the future. He has the athleticism. He has the tools. He's also pretty big. He's a pretty big guy, too. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does. I think he'll continue to improve. But, yeah, I agree. Going back to the question that guard is one of the positions that I think we can uh, that we can neglect. If we had to neglect uh, one of those four needed positions, I think it would be guard because of the Jensen signing um, and because of the rotation that we have available to us with Sweezy. I think Kellen mentioned Sweezy earlier. Uh, and then Beninok, too, um, can can get in there as well. Uh, so any last thoughts, fellas, before we close the show today? Yeah, last thoughts um, before we wrap up things up. We're two weeks away from the draft. Um, it's pretty much like Christmas in the NFL, getting new prospects to come try and help our team uh, get to the next level, get to the Super Bowl. That's the goal. Hopefully, we can uh, take those necessary steps with our with our picks this year. We got to trust the light uh, in who he will pick to come aboard this team. I'm looking forward to the draft party that will be in Tampa with the Bucks Uncensored podcast. They'll be hosting that that draft party. That I'll be there on the second day. I'm coming back from Italy, so I won't be getting to bless you guys with my voice on the podcast until after the draft <laughs> but uh but super stoked about that if you're going to be there that friday would love to to meet you all of the bucks fans who will be there uh, i'm going to send it over to to cory cory what you got all right thanks cj so in conclusion i just want to go back to the ryan smith thing real fast with ryan smith like you guys said 
Uh, we tried to bring him in as a safety, moved him back to corner, which was his original position. I think with an offseason working as a corner, I think that he will definitely be able to improve on the field. We'll just have to see how the rest of the defense helps him out with that. And then going back to what you said, CJ, in two weeks is the draft. I will be at that Bucks Uncensored draft party Thursday and Friday. So if anybody listening to the podcast wants to come and say what's up, I'll be there. Anything you want to add, Mark? No, I won't be at the draft party. That's what I'll add. I won't be at the draft party. I wish I could, man. You guys are going to have a ton of fun. I wish I lived closer to Florida. California, it turns out, is a long trip. Uh, in case you all didn't man. know. Yeah, yeah, in oh, case you didn't know. A, that's a five-hour flight. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. So hopefully one day I'll get to join you guys down there, but not this time. Uh, but thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate all the questions. We appreciate all the support. Thank you guys for listening. And uh, you guys have a good week and definitely want to wish the best to the Lightning. I know they're playing and it's exciting. And I'm not a hockey fan myself, but best of luck to the Lightning. Go Lightning. Go win the Super Bowl or whatever it is they play. No, I'm just kidding. You guys have a good night. Stanley Cup, man. I'm playing. I'm playing. I know the Stanley (laughs) Cup. I know. I know. I know. Have a good night, guys.